I love editing. Yeah. I really do because I, I think that all of the challenges of a film can roll downhill throughout the process of filmmaking and they can't roll downhill anymore when they're in the edit room. By me doing this, by me actually living out, by me actually pursuing, that someone else is inspired to pursue whatever their dream is. In a nutshell, we're basically an advocate for your film in terms of connecting your film to media and audiences that will appreciate your vision and champion it. Do you think you'd ever have a difficult time breaking out of character? It could happen. Definitely it could happen, but it, I wouldn't let it happen for too long because I don't want people to think I'm actually crazy. We'd have blow-up dolls and, you know, we'd bring people on the stage and, like, how many sex positions can you make with this blow-up doll in 30 <laughs> seconds? You know what I'm saying? we give them a free T-shirt or whatever. Everyone on this set, for example, has an equal role that is just as valuable. It doesn't matter, man, if someone in the building is cleaning the floor, you know, if there's an executive producer, you know, um, you know, at, the, at a certain level, it doesn't matter. We're all here for the story, you know? You have to be fearless. You have to remember, you literally only got one shot in life. It's either you do what you want to do for the rest of your life or you don't do what you want to do for the rest of your life. You only have two options. And the journey is so great. Good evening, folks, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this show. I'm broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. The sun has set, and the moonlight is upon us. Thanks so much for joining me on this broadcast tonight. I want to remind you that you can listen to all of the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast and iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this show, make sure you reach out to us via the contact form on our website at cinemaafterdark.com. Just make sure you have some skin in the game prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, you need to have a few credits under your belt. We certainly value that for credibility. I strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter as well at cinemaafterdark for the latest show updates remember that this is an information and discussion based show we do not censor ourselves and we do not censor our guests so please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on the show may not reflect the views and opinions of the host excited about starting out the new year with our guest tonight a man by the name of mr larry altmeyer and let me tell you a little bit about mr altmeyer larry altmeyer is an actor who has been in Los Angeles for a little over five years after taking an early retirement from the federal government in Washington, D.C. He has completed two web shorts, The Teacher's Plan and Attraction, and co-hosted a YouTube series, Our World Today. He has just begun co-hosting a second YouTube series titled What in the World? He enjoys collaborating with fellow movie and TV industry professionals working towards the common goal of meaningful artistic contributions in the business. I'm really looking forward to having him on the show today. And this is that part of the show where I ask that you make that fresh patch of popcorn, sit back, relax, and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. Welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. Larry, I am thrilled to have you on the program here this evening. Great to be here. My goodness. And it's funny because we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Those I'm, I'm really transparent on this show. So we had some fun technical difficulties, but I'm so glad and thankful that we were able to work those out. So I appreciate your patience with all of that stuff. And how about this rain we're having here in L.A.? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hard to believe. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> but good. It's quite yeah, it's yeah. quite therapeutic. I find it to be rather soothing and relaxing at night, don't you? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a it's it's fun, but it's hell to drive in. That's for sure. Well, I'm from the East Coast and Northeast, so to me, rain is like <laughs> big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too, though. In fact, let's talk about where you were born and raised and how you got started in the entertainment industry, because I love to give our listeners some context. Yeah, actually, I was born and raised in Levittown, New York, which is on Long Island. Yeah. I was actually in the Island Trees School District, which is right next to the Levittown School District, which is which, which was a bit bigger. Oh, yeah. But, but I graduated from Island Trees High School 
a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's where I, you know, lived my whole, uh, you know, th- through high school. Right. Yeah, I went to college, Buffalo, then Ohio State. I uh, spent half my life in Washington, D.C., working for the federal government. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's uh, quite fascinating. How did you make that transition? I mean, obviously, it's very corporate well, going from that to film is yeah. totally a, a 180. Yeah. Well, I knew when I was in seventh grade, I mean, a guidance counselor advised me to find a club, so I found the drama club. Loved it. I feel thankful that my, my parents are long gone now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I regret is, like, my mother, she came out to Hollywood to be an actress right after senior year. Wow. I do have a brother and his family. They live back east. Uh, I don't even think he remembers that. So I'll never <laughs> be able to ask her about it. My father told me, you will never be an actor. Yikes. And I'm kind of thankful that I listened to him, but it was about five years ago that all of a sudden I had an aha moment. I remember what night it was where I was, and I said, wait a minute, and that was it. It's like I decided I took an early retirement from the federal government on a Friday five years ago. Yeah. The following Monday, a friend in Washington, D.C. was nice enough to make the driving trek out with me. Wow, (laughs) awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, And you just took the leap. That's quite uh, ballsy, for lack of better words. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, no, a lot of people, I, I've been here for a little over five years now. Yeah, It's been very interesting so far. I mean, I <laughs> I will be <laughs> continuing because, you know, what else have I got to do? I mean, I, I'm determined. So That's fantastic, though. So it's always yeah. been something that you wanted to do, but uh, you kind of took a different uh, course. It's the kind of thing that if a psychic had told me 10 years ago, you'll be in Hollywood when you're, you know, you know a certain age, I would have said to them, no, I won't be in Hollywood. But then I would have said, wait a minute, I could be in Hollywood. <laughs> so <laughs> That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Did you have the courage to do it earlier in your life? Like, did you- That's the thing. I mean, I am realistic in terms of odds. I mean, I was a statistician, then programmer for the federal government, completely wow. unrelated. Yeah. And so the odds of anybody making it, I've learned a tremendous amount in my time here in terms of the kinds of things you do, relationships, collaborations are crucial from what I've learned so far. Met a lot of you know a lot of great people and but it's been it's it's been something so far. You you sort of get an idea from my IMDB, the credits that I've done so far, the kind of things that I've been doing. Yeah. It's funny, I looked through your previous guests in the last month or so. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Dildeen. Yes, yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. I met him <laughs> Yeah. I met him through a, an industry group that we were both members of called The Table. Oh, nice. Yeah, it meets Thursday night in Sherman Oaks. Uh, if I had not been to The Table, I probably wouldn't have done what I've done so far. Wow. So, yeah. Very interesting. Oh, my. So, what goes on there. I, I got to know about this place. I'm curious about what goes on yep. there. Can you give us a little bit of a, a rundown? Yeah, it's really interesting. They meet Thursday nights in Sherman Oaks. It's a three-hour meeting where you work your way around the room. Everybody says why they're there. It's like it's for all types of industry, people, actors, directors, producers, you name it. They're all welcome. They say what they need and what they can provide. Wow. And so for three hours, you cannot talk to people. You can, you can question the speaker, you know, that kind of thing. No crosstalk. Afterwards, they have, they have you know, individual networking. Mark Sacree started the group about 22 years ago. He started it with his wife, Elaine. Oh, nice. Mark is the, the world expert on the 1960s series, The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. He's the world expert. And every week, he gives the same tidbits about what people should be doing to further their careers. So I've heard these tidbits a million times now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I hadn't been to the table, it's like, this town has many networking groups, of course, which are you know ideal for meeting people to collaborate with. But I mean, the Teachers Plan, Attraction, Our World Today, they were done with people that I uh, met through the table. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a really good fellowship there. I think that's a really important thing. So I'm kind of glad that you kind of elaborated on that just a bit, because I really do think that it's really important to connect and fellowship with like-minded individuals and oftentimes as you said those those are individuals that you end up working with later so that's uh, right that's pretty awesome now five years is awesome i've been here 10 and it's still crazy like la is just nuts and i think for you i would imagine that five years has gone by very fast because for me everything seems like a blur <laughs> you know it's uh, a yeah. it's it's quite crazy but is there something yeah. that you've learned about L.A. that you didn't know prior to moving out here and spending some time here? Hmm. 
I guess it's a good question. It's, it's yeah, being that I'm from the New York City area originally, my father was a native New Yorker and he taught me, do not trust people. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my mother was more on the human side, whatever. But yeah. so I used to take vacations out here for like a week or so every five years because of my fascination with entertainment growing up. Mm. So not much has surprised me. I mean, the number one rule that Mark Sacree gives in, in the meetings is do not flake. Mm, so true. You know, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Right. And that will be, you, you know, you're, you're going to gain fans that way if you're, if you're reliable. So, I mean, a lot of people in the city, they don't do what they say they're going to do. So it's like, I found like, you really cannot count on people in general. Yeah. There's, there's no absolutes. All that you can do is if you say you're going to do something, follow through. <laughs> no, that's so, so true. I can't tell you how true that is. I know a lot of flakes. <laughs> My gosh, it seems to be a part of the culture out here. It's bizarre to say the least. So it's funny that you uh, mentioned that. I no. think so. And and it's like in LA, if you're a half hour or an hour late, you're on time. Yeah. Now, <laughs> in New York, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right, right. That's so true. Uh, it's funny. East Coast is so different. Yeah, I've, I've gone in and out of New York a lot. And uh, yeah, it's like a tale of two different uh, cities and personality types, too, as well. It's quite fascinating. But there's a lot of transplants out here. So we've got a lot of New York's actors and people from all over the world in LA, which is kind of uh, unique. Yeah, I mean, New York's like that too as well. You've got so many people that are you know, coming in from all over too. So it's kind of a melting pot, both cities. Yeah. If you want to make it in entertainment, you're going to go to New York or LA from wherever you're from. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, did you get an opportunity to do any work while you were in New York, any theater work or anything that, because I know a lot of uh, soaps were very big you know, in New York and a lot of things yeah. were actually pretty... Uh, booming there in New York for some time, but uh, were you able to get into the industry? You know, no, I wasn't. As I told somebody recently, I've kind of amused, like like my brother, he's two years older, mm -hmm. and he has no interest in entertainment. You know, he knows what I'm doing. He says, his term is good luck, you know, <laughs> but, I, but I think when I was like a teenager, he looked at me and he said, you could be on soaps if you want. You know, uh, just, just looking at me and I yeah. thought, well, that's, that's a nice compliment. Yeah. To answer the question, no, I guess towards the end of my federal career, like my last five years there, I mean, I'd been busy doing whatever, but I said to myself, it's time to get back. So I lived in Alexandria, Virginia, oh, yeah. uh, outside of Washington, D.C. For my, for my whole time. Loved Alexandria. Been there. Loved yeah. It. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, I guess there's a community theater there, Little Theater of Alexandria. Okay. And I like I, I used to try out for their plays. I was never cast. I never made a callback. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was able to work in my first few years in D.C., like when I was in my early 20s in other community theaters in the area. But uh, with Little Theater of Alexandria or LTA, as we used to call it, mm -hmm. they had, you know, a lot of courses. They had like acting, musical theater, stuff like that. And I took all those courses oh, at least okay. once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. OK. So you did get to get some you know, some, some practice little exercises in there. And I think because, I mean, when you make the leap out to LA, you've really got to be ready. There's so much that you're exposed to so fast. I'm, yeah. you know, even from a business standpoint, but you know, it's, it's a, a really fast paced city. So yeah. Did you really feel somewhat comfortable when you came out or was there any type of apprehension or did you just, you know, were you just ready you know, to go? I mean, and also to start to interject, but yeah. also you have that cor right. corporate background too, as well, which I think has got to be really helpful in terms of, you know, just being a professional, a working professional. So you bring that into it. It's not like you're like some young buck straight out of high school, just trying to figure out the system. You're obviously yeah, yeah. had some uh, had a few years under your belt, which is fantastic. But yeah, would, would you mind speaking about that a little bit? I mean, yeah, I guess I have many cliches that I live by these days. That was a Nike cliche: just do it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. yeah I, I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, I I don't want to say this th that loudly. However, we all want to put out quality work. Right. However. My own personal opinion is nothing will ever be perfect. That's yeah, so true. And certainly in the arts, it's all a matter of perception. So when I first joined the table, Mark Sacree had put out this this article about doing like a short film, which, you know, the teacher's plan was my first short film. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, cool. Very cool. It had mistakes, but it was completed. Yeah. So I guess that's in terms of, I mean, I have a few years under my belt. Yeah. You know, I, I, as I said, I took an early retirement. So I knew coming out here, I mean, what is it? I was in a few groups in Washington, D.C. towards the end, like an like professional acting groups. And I remember I was at one mixer and a seasoned actor looked at me and he said, you have no place going to Los Angeles. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're not ready. You don't have credits. You're not ready. And I thought, 
okay, there's one opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Wow. Game books I guess say that. When I went to LTA, my two acting coaches there, Mike Baker and Mark Lee Adams. Yeah, you know, Mike Baker was my first year coach. Mark Lee Adams was the second. You know, I learned a lot from both. Mike Baker actually said to us, when you get your Emmy or Oscar, I want to thank you. Oh, and I, like uh, I nice. thought, yeah, he'll, he'll get one. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Both exactly. of them will get one. If I get 90 seconds, I get to use it however I want. <laughs> right, right. That's what it's all about right there is, uh, you know, encouraging, inspiring yeah. each other. Now, is there a character or a role that you're kind of itching to play? You know, it's funny. It's like, in general, my dreams have always been dramatic roles. Yeah. Now, both in the, in the teacher's plan and attraction, they were dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm the kind of person that if, if so, you know, I've been here for five years, I'm sure through my first 10 years here, if, if somebody were to offer me a recurring comedic series role, would I turn it down? <laughs> Saying, <laughs> no, I want to do drama. Uh, you know. Yeah. The funny thing is my acting coach, Robert Amico, who, mm-hmm. um, who directed me in attraction. Yeah. I mean, I've taken classes you know, from him for a few years now. We do a lot of commercial audition drilling. Okay. And, you know, so I, I, I've done a lot of that. You know, a lot of actors would not take commercials. Yeah, true. Which is crazy. <laughs> it's like where you, first of all, it's good for uh, the pockets too, as well, because you get all those yeah. residual payments too, as well. But commercials are fun. I mean, they're, they're short shoots and, you know, you can get in and out of there and do some really cool stuff. It sounds like you have a lot of experience there. So <laughs> yeah. I envy you on that. <laughs> yeah. Commercials, commercial production is pretty cool. It actually is, a, I think, pretty fun in general. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting uh, hearing your perspective yeah, I, on that. I went to Playhouse West for a year. Yeah. I live right around the corner from it, whatever. And one of my teachers there, when I'm, uh, um, I'm Holly Gagne. She's one of my teachers there. She's, she's been in the business forever. You know, I'm looking at the TV one night. I see a YoPlay commercial on there. She didn't have any lines. Mm-hmm. She played this mother with her attitude, which, you know, and I just saw her. There's Holly. I messaged her on Facebook. Was that you? Yes, it was me. Where did you see it? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it was cable, non-cable, whatever. Uh, but uh, even though she had no lines, you know, oh, my, that's that's Holly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And it's crazy when you're out here. One of the things that always trips me up here, Larry, is that, yeah. like, I see a lot of people that I work with or know or know of in commercials. Like, it's so bizarre. But and then thinking when you're in the industry, it's it's just weird because I don't know something surreal about that whole experience. It, it really lets you know that you've sort of made it and you're actually in the industry in which these commercials are being produced. So, you know, you think about the rest of the United States and really don't have that anywhere else except for New York and certain other cities. Yeah, obviously commercials are being shot all over the place. But in terms of, you know, when you have that fellowship or see familiar faces, it's bizarre, but also very cool in that uh, regard. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a I've seen a match commercial, Match dot com, where there's this guy from the table. I recognized him there, and I messaged him on Facebook. Was that you? Yes, it was me. <laughs> it's uh, it's neat, you know. Yeah. One of these days, I get a just a, I don't even care if I get lines in a commercial. If I get something where the face is recognized, it'll be like wow. <laughs> That's good stuff, and I'll be like, "There's Larry." <laughs> I'll be the one sending you the message. Like I just saw you in a commercial. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's good and, stuff. Uh, yeah. Now, we are an indie film show, so I've got to ask you, you know, what types of movies do you like? Do you have a favorite genre? I guess I would say drama in general. Yeah. I guess I would say that. And it's like, it's funny, but one of my teachers at Playhouse West, I mean, uh, you know, Jim Neve, he's a comedic person. But I remember him asking me one time, when you're being affected by something, just realize it. Because if you were to ask me what actors I love, mm-hmm. I'd say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I'm bad with names, too. So that's I, funny funny you say that but it's like when you're looking at a movie and when the tears come you wonder why are you being affected by this a lot of times the funny thing is i had never seen a harry potter movie or read a harry potter book ah, interesting. and i just i just saw fantastic beasts i wanted to see eddie redmayne you know yeah. in something and, and so i saw fantastic beasts in the first minute you get the harry potter musical theme you get the cinematography and i was in tears just just hearing that wow nice yeah yeah yeah. I just saw Manchester by the Sea. Oh yeah, I heard it, it was, was fantastic. Well, it was sad. It was yeah, but I saw sad, Casey yeah. Affleck Casey yeah. Affleck on Saturday Night Live the, the night before in the monologue. Yeah. He said it's a sad movie, which it was. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of it though overall? Because I heard it was good, but it really sad. Yeah, it's I guess it was moving. I mean, for me, it was like it was over two hours and mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like it dragged. So was it the best movie I've ever seen? No. But I guess I guess I found it intriguing because it's sort of went through it. Did, did you see it? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. Well, I guess, see, I mean, it's it'll be up for the Golden Globe and Casey Affleck up for Best Actor and Michelle Williams for a Supporting Actress. And so yeah, it'll be good to see. It's Okay, okay. I really have to thank my co-star in What in the World, Jessica Dardarian. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have been lax over the last few years. I haven't seen movies. And every actor should see movies. She sees a lot of them. And we've, we've gone to a lot recently trying to develop our brand for nice. the uh, for what in the world. Yeah. So I've seen a lot with her. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. We're looking forward to La La Land. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like she, she has to see it. I see the L.A. landmarks. I say, I just want to see the L.A. landmarks. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm curious about that, too. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I am a fan of the uh, the actors in that. So <laughs> I'm going to definitely yeah, check yeah. that out. I have the feeling it's going to sweep the Oscars. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Good stuff. Now, TV, or is there anything that you watch uh, as well? Because I know a lot of people don't have time to watch TV, better yet, movies for that matter. But is there any shows or anything that you're kind of uh, watching right now? Oh, boy. Um, no. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What about late night shows? Anything that uh, you watch or find yourself tuning into or not at all? Not really. I, I watch Jeopardy. Thank okay, you. Okay, cool. That's, that's good stuff right there. Yeah, game shows. I, I... The one thing I have to my credit so far in my five years here is I do have a manager. I haven't, I haven't gotten much there. I hadn't heard from him in a year, but then all of a sudden I get a text one night saying, tomorrow be at Disney Studios or whatever studio it was for a Blackish audition. Oh, cool. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. So I, I think it was a co star audition for Blackish. Mm -hmm. Three lines, you know, it's like, you know, obviously, you know, I, I went through it. No callback, but I've had one professional audition now in my five years. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Hopefully things will, will start to uh, start picking up. It usually happens, though, I think. You know, when the work starts happening, it starts to, it's kind of like a train. It just keeps building and speed. It will start steamrolling eventually. Now, what are your thoughts about the future of independent film in general? That's interesting. My guess is that it will be developing because I guess like one of the things that they say at the table is like, if you're not a member of film independent, become a member of that, Right. which I was a member for a year. And I guess, um, I assume it'll be becoming more important in the coming years. I'm just... I'm sort of floored by crowdfunding now and how that happens. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done that yet. I don't have plans to. Yeah. But people are trying to do these films with these big budgets. And I wonder, like, how does that happen? Because yeah. um, it's so daunting sometimes. I think a number of yeah. different ways, but it's interesting when it does happen. It's interesting hearing people's stories, especially the crowdfunding campaigns that are often run and how much work goes into it. And, you know, really having that support base there. I haven't tried crowdfunding yet, but I'm always, I think, fascinated by those who have had, you know, very successful campaigns and were able to shoot some really stellar yeah. work with it. It's, it's certainly a, a handful, that's for sure. But it's nice that nowadays that's an option. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to have that option. And it's cool because it benefits everybody, everybody involved, because obviously, you know, people are going to make something and everybody who participates in it benefits too from being able to support something that they're interested in and, and really actually play a, a major part in making that uh, production come to life. So mm -hmm. it's a fascinating concept that hopefully continues to evolve. Uh, right. So you said like you've been here for 10 years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little over 10 years now. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I haven't even attempted crowdfunding yet. It's something that it actually frightens me asking yes. people to, you know, <laughs> to see a movie that the whole concept yeah. is bizarre. Yeah. It's what is it? One of my credits was it was a voiceover, the grid zombie outlet mall. I think Linda Anderson, she was the mo a woman that I met at the table early on there. Mm, yeah. She's a writer, producer, director that's been here for several years. And I really, she was kind of my mentor on uh, the teacher's plan because yeah. I think she knows how things work. Anyway, it was a voiceover animated feature. She had an ensemble cast. She said to me, I want you for this role. She said to me, and I said, uh, I'm there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nice. Being that I was already sick. SAG. She said, this will be a SAG production. And I said, that's all I have to hear. I don't yeah. care. And one of the women, Leah Savoli, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her name. She was from like Robo something. I mean, she's, she's had credits of her own. She's a crowdfunding expert herself. She does consulting in that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But Mark Sacree, I mean, he's doing a, a series of movies, movies now called Space Command. They're, you know, It's a sci-fi group kind of, and Space Command is a sci-fi feature. He did crowdfunding for that. And of course, there's Indiegogo or the yeah, other Kickstarter. one. Yeah, right. Kickstarter. And they're the two ones where you have to meet. If you don't meet the uh, the goal, then you lose it for one of them and it's not the other. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, but he uh, okay for Kickstarter. Anyway, I think that he got his goal within three days, and then because wow. um, I mean he's been he, he grew up in this town, and he's his career. He knows so many people that he has the connections. Yeah. And so I guess for him it was. I mean, I think he said this is a full time job. Make no mistake. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's fantastic. That's oh, interesting. It's so fascinating. I'm so ah. Everything about, you know, Kickstarter campaigns and this crowdfunding in general, is just intriguing. Now, how do you prepare for a role? Would you mind kind of taking our listeners through your preparation process? Obviously, that's something that's evolving. But how do you like to generally prepare? That's a it's it's a weird question. It's it's boy. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's a good question, of course. I'm sorry. But I'm weird. I'm weird. So I'll take it as a compliment. I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. No, I would rather you have meant it that way. I'm I'm actually am pretty weird. In that when I went to Playhouse West, I learned Meisner. OK, yeah, it's funny. The people that I've met here. It's, I don't know, people, you know, like my first day there, a friend of mine is probably going to kill me now. I'm kidding. <laughs> His name is Clint, okay? If, if he happens to listen at some point. He's from Indiana. He's back there now. Mm-hmm. I met him my first day at Playhouse West for completely different types, okay? His name is Clint Calvert, okay? Mm-hmm. Just for any listeners, he's on IMDb. You know, he's a few years younger than me. He's from the Midwest. He's got a rugged look. I have a different look from him. But anyway, for him, Playhouse West was... It was a turning point in his life. Wow. It really affected affected him in a positive way, you know. And I thought, well, that's great. I'd never heard of Sanford Meisner before I came out here. Yeah. So my time in Playhouse West, the year that I was there, I thought it was a good experience. But when you went to intermediate, advanced levels, they say you you should prepare for the role now before your exercise. It was a lot of repetition. I don't know if you've done Meisner. I've sat in on some sessions. I am a I'm a filmmaker, but I have sat in just to learn the techniques and see the approach. Repetition doors, activities, that kind of thing. Right. I know a few people, Holly Gagne being one of them, that actually studied with Meisner before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of my other friends also did. But I mean, like preparation, it's, I don't know, it's its like, I feel like I may not have, I don't know how I prepare. One thing that I do know is like, it was an interesting case where like in attraction, there was one scene there. It was in the bar mm-hmm. in attraction. Mm-hmm. And Robert, my coach, he was directing. He gave me specific instructions for one scene about how to do it. And when it came to that scene, I did not do it that way. Ah, I, did how I, I did it how I felt. Like he said, I mean, Jeremy Connors was my co-star there. I was, I was working with him mm-hmm. for one line. I don't even remember what it was. He said, look at Jeremy for this one line. L- look at him. And I realized what, during the scene that, no, I was looking at the bar while I gave the line. I said to myself, if we have to cut it, if he has to do it again, there's no problem. Because I'm the kind of actor where I will make a choice to do something my own way. But if the director says to me afterwards, he says, no, that did not work. I want you to do it this way. I'm the kind of person who will say, let me do it your way. You know, because yeah, in right. the end, I don't want to fight the director. I'll make a choice. But if, but if he says, no, that doesn't work, I'll say, you got it. <laughs> right, right. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, you have to really be flexible. But it's also, I think, nice when actors can bring something unique to the role, too, as well. Sometimes that's when the movie magic is found. So it's one of those things that it's a vulnerable place to be in either way. But, you know, it's, it's a fun place, too, because you get to make choices. And it's that that's the beauty of cinema. Now, in your opinion, what qualities does a good actor possess obviously you've seen your friends do it you've done it yourself i'm sure that evolves over time too i mean your opinion from what you know right now what qualities do you feel a good actor possesses personally i would say being receptive to what a director would say and being agreeable yeah i guess Personally, I mean, I, I guess some of the best actors, the iconic ones, Marlon Brando, I don't know. But oh, yeah. Supposedly, they were really difficult to work with. Yeah. So, but then uh, he brought it on screen. He is just fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess the funny thing is, like, what in the world? It's kind of funny. Like, my friend Linda Anderson, who I mentioned before, jokingly at one point, she said, do it yourself. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. literally, I mean, on IMDb, it's like she said, go to Windows Movie Maker for your editing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we have three episodes up now. We hope to put up the, the next one Christmas Eve. And I'm learning Windows Movie Maker to edit. Not right. that I relish that, but I'm thinking it's easier for me to do it than to try to get somebody else's time to do it. No, <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah. You know, taking, yeah. taking the creative control into your hands whenever there isn't an opportunity or while you're seeking opportunities. I think that's a 
a really smart yeah. and wise thing to do if you can do it because there's a lot of people who can't and i think if you're able to do that then it's only beneficial to do that yeah and my attitude is i mean i'm, I'm smart enough and my attitude is there's certain things about cinematography that it would take me years to learn if i could but but something as basic as editing if i take a year or two you know i'll i'll learn about it at the right. table i've met some, I mean, Dave Edison, I mean, he did the uh, attraction editing. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> and, right. uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and, but he is known for editing. And so, like, I think, like, when I said I edited, he looked at me like, well, touche. Uh, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's good. I think it's good to, to do that. Yeah. I, I really, really do. Well, Larry, I, I want to talk about attraction, but I think this is a good place here to take a short break. We'll give you sure. a chance to reset. We'll also give okay. our listeners a chance to reset because I want to come back and discuss your recent work when we return from our break. Okay. How does that sound to you? That sounds great. Great. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with more of Larry Altmeyer after this break. Do not go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the show. We are continuing our discussion with Larry Altmeyer, and he has so kindly discussed his journey into the industry here and some of his experiences. Boy, some interesting stuff to say the least. Now, for this half of the discussion, sir, I do want to switch gears here and discuss your current projects. And you've talked a little bit about attraction, and I'd like to talk about this wonderful short film that, my gosh, it's a short thriller here, and uh, you wrote and produced this film. Correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. For both Teacher's Plan and Attraction, I sat down one night at midnight and I just started writing. Wow. Yeah. And like for Attraction, I mean, like Robert had added some stuff to it. And when I said, would you like to be co-writer? He says, no. So I'm the, the writer on that. The, the gist of it is what I did there. And I thought, so just, you know, what came to mind, it's like the LGBT theme, it seems to get views you know, on the computer. People see it, they're just curious about it. And so obviously controversial to some extent, but that's step what sells. Right. And um, By the way, it's a thriller, right? And one of the things I wanted to ask you is where the inspiration for it came from. I guess it just is just what came to mind. It's like, I don't know, I'm about to say something very controversial, okay? Well, we love controversy. Which, okay, it's just... <laughs> Something that struck me was when I went from intermediate to advanced in Playhouse West, mm -hmm. uh, Tony Savant, he was there at the time. I think Now he's in Philadelphia uh, doing a, an East Ford uh, version of Playhouse West. But I think that he was still running. It was an exercise that we went to like when we went to the advanced level where it was a dark room, a lot of people in there. And it was kind of a sensory thing. And one of the principles that he said there, which I, I was intrigued by, he said, I mean, as an actor, whatever, he says, like, you can think about whatever you want to think about. Hmm. And it's true. Yeah. You can, I mean, obviously behaviors yeah. are a completely different story. Behaviors are illegal, immoral, whatever. I mean, if you, you know, that shouldn't be done, but whatever you think about, if you don't practice it, then you're just sort of letting your mind go wild. Oh, and true. so I, mm -hmm. I found that interesting. I thought, yeah, you know, especially, especially as an actor, I can relate to that. And so I guess, uh, like with attraction, I just thought it was something that came to mind. I thought, obviously, there's a segment of the population that can, that could relate to this. And, you know, it's, it was a sinister storyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy like probably that. had a field day with that <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> right, right. Jeremy so, Connors, um, folks, say, plays Kyle. Yeah. Right, right. I think... One of the reasons Jeremy wanted to grab the role, <laughs> I think, was because when I started the teacher's plan, let alone attraction, I had been advised during the merger with AFTRA. Mm -hmm. yep. I went to a group called the Actors Network, Kevin E. West. He's a character actor that's been around for years. I've seen him in movies. He, he had an issues topic. Like I, was, I was a member of his group. He had an issues topic around that time. I said, should I join AFTRA during the merger? He looked at me. He said, don't even think about it. Join AFTRA during the merger. Oh, good stuff. Which is what I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I cheated to get into SAG. <laughs> Whatever. But because of that, the teacher's plan had to be SAG. And so I had to have hardly a lot of people there. 
I think all the other actors had to be Taft Hartlead. Yeah. For attraction, Jeremy had to be Taft Hartlead. I see. And I think that was one of the reasons he took the role. Oh, and wow. So, yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> so, okay. So, by okay, the, fine. And by the way, Robert, you met in class. Is that what you mentioned earlier? Or how did you meet Robert, the uh, director for this? Oh, for, Robert. For attraction? Uh, yeah, for, for attraction. Yeah. Uh, I met him through the table. Wow, that's fantastic. Crazy. The, the t- yeah, the t- yeah. 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 How did you know he was uh, right for this particular film? I guess I asked him, like, would you direct? And he read it and he said, me, I'll direct. Wow. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, it, well, since he was willing to and the price was right, I thought, um, sounds good. Yeah. Good. Uh, good. Good. Very cool. Interesting how that kind of developed, too. And how did you meet the director for the teacher's plan? That was interesting. I think when I asked him about it, I, I mean, I think we met through a some kind of acting meetup group. Hmm. I think that's what he said when I asked him about it later on, because I think he said that he had seen me at this group where we, we were practicing scenes or something. And we actually, there was a guy that I also met through the table, Matt Jarbo. He was running these Twitter t- groups where he talked about Twitter. And, and, hmm. and I think I also saw Aya there. But between the meetup group or this Twitter group, that's where I met him. He read what I had written for the teacher's plan. I mean, again, I sat down one midnight, wrote this thing about, uh, you know, a, a villain high school teacher alien. You know, it's a cliche storyline, but I thought, you know, could be fun. Yeah. So I read that. Aya read it. He said, it's good. It's not good enough. Mm. I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. So he added on to it. And so he's a co-writer. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Interesting. Okay. So that's how that yeah, kind of so manifested. He, you know, you, you gave him a screenplay. He looked it over and uh, gave you a little bit of feedback yeah. on that and helped with the uh, reshaping the vision for that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Like halfway through the production, I lost touch with Aya. Okay. Wow. <laughs> how did that like, happen? I could, he would not answer his phone calls. Mark Zakri actually advised me, which I did. He said, go up to his apartment, knock on the door, which I did. The landlord looked at me like I'm going to call the police. Uh, <laughs> I stuck a note for him under the wrong door because I'd been to his place once. And I said, stuck the note under the uh, the neighbor's door by mistake. Uh, <laughs> the night that I got back in touch, I was ready to call a new DP to say, I got to finish this. Aya called back. He said, I'm sorry, I've been out of touch. Let's continue. So it's like Aya, the person, I have to admit, as a director, I would work with him again in a second yeah. because it, it's like his approach to directing. I, I just, I, I like the way he made choices. He was definite in what he was looking for. And I thought that's fine as a co-producer. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it happens though. Sometimes people aren't, are better at one thing than they are at another. And sometimes you find that out through, you know, just your experiences working with them. And, and that's just right. the way it is sometimes, but it's cool that you were able to at least come together and pump out this, uh, Really cool short film. So yeah, one thing I've done in general is so far I've finished what I've started in general. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Good, good, good to hear that. Now you also completed a short film recently titled Subtext. Before we get to that, though, one thing I want to ask you before I forget here is, you know, you wrote these films, which I think is fantastic. Did you have any writing experience prior to that? Or did you just kind of run with it and, and really want to bring these things to life? Because I think that's gutsy and I really, really praise people who, you know, make it happen like that. So you know, <laughs> did you have writing experience prior to or did you just uh, get the inspiration and, and just run with it? Was that really how that worked out? I would just sit down, you know, just sit down and write something. As actors, we've heard the term subtext. As oh, yeah. We've heard. And I don't even know if not if I know what subtext is. <laughs> that's you're being modest (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) i say that because i would think that you do know what subtext is but i'll let you finish i'm I'm teasing you for being well i think you're being modest there (laughs) i don't know i mean maybe we half this stuff with the mind is subliminal so yeah you know i come from an analytical background so i'm not sure (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's (laughs) interesting yeah yeah no, it's it's. Uh, I've in terms of you know writing. I mean, I mean, I've done some writing. I mean, I actually did fiction writing many years ago that it had, I I didn't think about again until recently. You know, just like writing novellas, mm-hmm. just many years ago, just just personal. Yeah. And so I guess I've done it, and I don't really like writing. Hmm. So will that change? Maybe, but we know that you have to create stuff in this town. Yeah, so. <laughs> true. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay, it's interesting hearing that because you know you've been able to do that rather successfully and have been able to create these stories so it's really interesting hearing your perspective of that by the way what's that like from an ego standpoint when you're handing over your writing and then 
somebody else is directing it, are you able to really switch that hat real quick to the actor hat? Well, yeah. I mean, as I said, I mean, like with Robert in Attraction, it was sort of like it had to be mainly it had to be his vision at the end, mainly. I mean, I, I fought him stuff on the day of filming. I mean, and, and, and when he listens to this, inter- to this interview, he'll say, yeah, I remember when he fought me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but for a lot of the stuff, it was like, I just do it and listen to the director. Yeah. But I think a lot of times I can let go. That's that good. Is- yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I always wanted to hear from people who you know, are able to, to do that and what that experience is like with them, because sometimes it's not easy. You're so close to the material, I think, as a writer. And when you're yeah. acting, it's you may have a vision in your head for that character. And, you know, obviously the director may have a completely different vision in mind. So you really have to be somewhat flexible with that, for sure. That's the name of the game in this town, flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. Now, back to subtext a bit, because uh, yeah. I think um, I'm really curious about that. You know, it's something that you just wrapped recently. What was that experience like for you? Well, I mean, that was through We Make Movies. I don't know if you've ever heard of that group. No, I haven't. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night film collaborative meeting near Santa Monica Boulevard and Vine Street. There's a theater asylum or elephant stage there. That's where we've met for the last few years. Mm. Yeah. So I also recommend we make movies. Actually, that was, let's see, Chris Valenti. I think that he wrote that subtext. He may have written. I mean, he, Michelle, look at two. I'm not sure for her last name. Yeah. Yeah. Chris did write it too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and uh, John Bingham, I think he was also in it. So, I mean, I mean, I I was background in that in a, um, uh, you know, a a restaurant patron and uh, Hmm. yeah. And, uh, I have not had much onset experience, you know, yeah. professional you know, onset, and that was in a real studio, so that that was good experience there. Oh, cool! Very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that that's what that was. Yeah. What was uh, it like? Because there's people who you know obviously are getting their feet wet too, as well. But yeah, you know, what was the set like? What was you know what was the process like? Was it a long day, short day? It was a long day, and but it was. I think it was a typical. On you know onset experience. I mean, like I had a, a, I was sitting at a table. I had a you know a partner that I was sitting with, a woman that you know we're we're having dinner. Same, <laughs> same plate of food sat there all day. So it's like you, you know you play with it a little, you don't eat it. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing you don't coffee. do. Yeah, I had to, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing you don't do. That food sometimes is sitting out for hours upon hours. But uh, it's funny you say that. <laughs> So it was good experience. Like, I guess uh, they shot it from one camera angle and then another camera angle. And it took like most of the day to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, cool. Yeah. One of my experiences in back east, it was called uh, Louisiana Ghost Story. I think that's one of my IMDb credits. Yeah. That was one of my first onset experience. It was it was done in a bar in up in Maryland, out like way way north of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. But they had rented a bar. I had like two lines as a bar patron with Mike Moran. He was uh, he was my partner uh, in that at the bar. We were both drunk, and we shot the scene. At first, the camera was behind the bar, and then it was you know looking at us, and then it was behind us, and we had to shoot it both ways. So oh, good stuff, cool. Nice, yeah, okay, good deal. Little coverage there, little probably establishing shots, and real cool. One of my interesting experiences, I mean, I had to be careful talking about this, but one of the credits, Just Us Guys, okay? Mm-hmm. That's also, you know, on the page. Chris Lilly, that was a web, uh, like a web series like that he did for a few years. Yeah. And I think it was about, see, a gay dad and a straight son. Mm-hmm. I think that was the uh, the setup. It was sort of, sort of like a gay Gilmore Girls or whatever. Yeah. But I was on set just for one day for that. Like the night before, they needed a um, they needed a father for the one of the lead characters. Mm-hmm. Stacy Lawrence, she was already cast as the mother. She's you know I worked with her for one day. She was wonderful. Uh, she's you know got a lot of experience. Anyway, yeah. we were filming in a private house, and it was for you know I'd never dealt with a script supervisor before, which seemed to be on the ball, whatever, but I can't talk too loudly here because it's like, <laughs> one thing that happened that day was there was, there were words spoken. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was a, a very mild flare up between two people, two of the crew members on set. Of course, you know, we, you know I wouldn't mention any names, but right. when you're in another room and you're hearing this, you're thinking, uh, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And How did it uh, end? Did it wind up positive? Well, it's, it's like at the end of the day, we were dismissed. Unfortunately, I think the footage, I think the footage was lost until that episode never aired. Oh, no. I see. I think it might have been that the, the footage might not have been lost in the end, but I don't think it ever aired. 
Yeah. But I mean, when you're a person that hasn't had experience, you think, you know, people are usually mature. But in this case, it was like one person was saying, like, don't talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. Oh, you know, and it's like those kind of words are like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yikes. <laughs> you hate to see that happen, but sometimes you get the wrong, someone comes in there with the wrong energy or something yeah. said and somebody gets offended. But that happens, I guess, in life yeah. with production. But you got to fight through it and the show yeah. must continue. But hopefully you can nip that kind of stuff in the bud when it does happen. But it does happen. It's quite fascinating to say the least what it does you're like what's going on here i've seen some crazy stuff happen sometimes on sets thankfully none of my sets i do not play that stuff but i know that i've been on some sets especially for music video sets where uh it's been quite crazy stuff has happened and i'm like what is going on here <laughs> the things you become you... christian yeah you look like christian bale i mean like he's 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 yeah. one of the all-time numbers, but he's yeah. A-list, so he can do whatever. <laughs> he can have a meltdown on the cameraman, right? <laughs> he went nuts. He went off. But then again, I kind of understand sometimes. I don't know if he should have responded that way, but I'll tell you one thing. When you've got a good shot going and something happens like that, oh my, that can be brutal but yeah it's uh interesting hearing some of your experiences now you also co-hosted a few web series here our world today where you played dax and also what in the world a comedy where you play bruce a boss quick <laughs> right yeah uh, uh, <laughs> yeah would you mind telling our listeners what both experiences have been like for you because it's really cool that you are uh really keen on the, yeah. the web series thing and I, they're very popular nowadays and would you mind uh, talking about them just a bit yeah well i met dustin through the table yeah and uh, he wanted to do a youtube series and so we started doing that and i think one of the problems with our world today i mean one of the fascinating things about being in hollywood is like lisa langlois she was one of our co-hosts mm, okay yeah. mm -hmm. and i had seen her many years ago on on a thriller on tv like with james wilder jamie lunar i mean she was i saw her and that's where i recognized her from so the idea of working with her like was wow yeah. anyway but lisa you know she's very she's really great she has an outgoing personality so and of course raven her character of natasha was like really funny <laughs> but dustin and i tend to be introverted oh. you know and so we would sit there like lumps on a log and it's like what's going on here so yeah it's like you know it went through the season whatever but like i saw jessica in a production of king lear you know, like several months ago. Mm -hmm. And I was intrigued by her. I just think she has a very interesting look. Yeah. And Robert looked at the two of us and said, oh my God, you two should be on YouTube. And I think that although I want drama, I think that I tend to be funny. Yeah. I mean, it's like I was, I, I'm putting together the episode to put up Christmas Eve, literally today. I'm looking at our, one of our scenes that I'll put into it and I'm looking at my eyes and I'm just cracking up. I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing, you know, it's, it's, so I'm thinking my breakthrough will probably be comedy, even though I don't care for that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but fascinating. Yeah, you t take what you can get. But, <laughs> and uh, comedy's hard too, I think personally. It's challenging. Uh -huh. Comedic roles are tough, I think personally. I I really do. But that's cool. It's uh, interesting that that's an interest of yours. Yeah, well, it's as as I said. I mean, if somebody approaches me to do, I mean, this Reverend Sun Moon that I did last time. It's like, it was not the the, the, the best the best rendition of it. I did this old Chinese guy in class for Robert. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I do commercial copy with the, this old Chinese guy. Very, stere very stereotypical. Yeah. I'm thinking on Saturday Night Live, they would they would take stuff like that, but I just kill Robert every time he hears that. And that makes me <laughs> think that for what in the world, I should have him on a few times, develop the character in case somebody likes him. Wow. But the point of having two of us is with Jessica and myself, if it's just the two of us, personalities are going to come through. And right. so, mm -hmm. yeah, and if we can get on guests with better star meters, like Mark Sacrese says, you know, one of the tenets is you'll benefit from other people's fame. If we happen to be able to get a guest on with a good star meter, it's not going to hurt our own. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only a positive, no doubt about yeah. that. I mean, even with our world today, I mean, that's, I think you did like 30 episodes of that or 20 or 30 some episodes. Of, that's pretty insane. How did you even get involved in that whole project well yeah i guess dustin wanted to do youtube and there was another friend of mine many years ago who i threw the idea of youtube at but he didn't want to do it so this time i said yeah let's do it and wow. one thing about dustin is when he says he's going to do something then he he tends to follow through yeah and so i think that he really knows youtube okay so mm -hmm. 
and that's why, like when he said, you know, let's do this, and we had to have ed- other editors come in, whatever. So, but it's like over a year's time, it's like we said we were going to do something and we did it. At first, we filmed in my apartment, then Lisa, she was living in Santa Monica, then we moved to her place to film the later ones. But I guess the problem with that was it felt like with four people, Dustin and I weren't saying anything. Oh, I see. I've been advised to start watching The View recently, which I never did until last week. Now I'm watching it because we wanted Our World Today to be a, a cross between The View and Saturday Night Live. Ah, interesting. Hm. Which is what I would like for, for What in the World also. I would kind of like that. And that's why I'm starting to watch The, watch the View and thinking, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. So, uh, okay. That's okay. why my, my impression of Trump, if I can, you know, it, it sounds like I... Trump might be appropriate to do for the next four years. We'll see. <laughs> you have a lot of material to work with, that's for sure. <laughs> I should only be so lucky that he comes on to say, what in the world has to go off? That's not complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah. you were also in a film titled 12. Uh-huh. What was that experience like? I have to thank my friend Clint for that. Yeah, Clint, although he's in Indiana, he keeps up with everybody. And one day he messaged me or called me to say, try out for this thing. Yeah, <laughs> or, cool. Or for this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, at the Pineapple Hill Saloon, which is in Sherman Oaks, it's on Van Nuys Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what that's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like Playhouse West 2 or something. It's like, that, that's the bar that everybody goes to. Yeah. So anyway, that was my first, I've only done like one overnight shoot at this point, and that, that was it. Oh, cool. Yeah, Clint said to sign up for that because it's a Playhouse West uh, project. My only regret at this point was that it was supposed to be SAG, and I don't think it ended up being SAG. So (laughs) they could come after me. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem. I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to do what work you've got. And sometimes, yeah, you can't always find union work or do union work. I I always like to hear it from an actor's perspective because I hear being SAG is beneficial because it can obviously align you with some better roles with uh, better pay and, you know, certain different types of conditions, obviously, that are insured and et cetera, et cetera. But then in the same sense, there's a lot of non-union work that's just fantastic where, um, yep. you know, you, you have more options. So, yeah. so challenging. Um, I, yeah. Ke- Kevin E. West had advised me to join SAG. You know, I'm not getting any SAG work now. I mean, if I happen to get a USC film that's SAG, you know, I, I would take it. But other than that, there's so much competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I walked into a bank last week and somebody said to me, hi, Clint. <laughs> and <laughs> what they meant was my current headshot, it's reminiscent of, Cl- of Clint Eastwood. Oh, it's, it's kind of a- <laughs> actually, you're thinking about that. That's true. You do. That's kind of the resemble. thing. And so crazy. it's like, I mean, I really. A little bit of resemblance. It's, it's kind of amusing. Like like Robert, Robert Amico. I mean, he's like he's friends with Clint, Clint Eastwood. I mean, he, I, mean he, I think he knows everybody in this town, whatever. Yeah. But. Anyway, so when somebody, when this guy said to me, hi, Clint, I looked at him like, uh, yep, okay, I'm not Clint Eastwood. I just, I could be his stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. That's actually pretty slick. Now, I got to ask you, sir, what's next for you? Now, what do you have? Do you have any, uh, any cakes in the oven? Well, obviously, I would like What in the World to catch on. If I can get, you know, commercials, fine. I won't rule out writing, writing another web short. Nice. I guess... Uh, it's kind of funny. What is, I have another friend, Judith, from the table, Judith Smiley. She's a writer. I mean, she, she, yeah, she's a writer. She's, she's, she's written features. She wrote a short for, you know, that I could act in. And the other day she was saying, why don't we do it next year? And mm. I, I just looked at her and I said, never say never. So, nice. yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, if we could do that, that would be a serious, you know, a serious writing credit for her. So good stuff. You know, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's a. Uh kind of exciting to say the least. Looks like you're always doing something. It's one of the reasons why I was so thrilled to, you know, to reach out to you and, and to get you on the show because I know you, you know, obviously will have some uh some cakes in the oven as I like to say. So, you know, I'll have to certainly um bring you back for a update here in the uh the near future now. Sir, I've got to do something here to you that I do to all of my guests and uh, it's I can't <laughs> tell you. You know what? Sir, I, I can't tell you if you'll hate me or if you'll, well, let me just ask you this. Are you ready for it? I, I'm not even going to preface it at all. I'm just going to ask you if you're ready. Ready for what? <laughs> all right. Jeez. You know, you say you're introverted, but you're going to do this. All right. Well, <laughs> Larry, this is a part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves now larry 
This fun fact should be anything you want to share, but preferably something that people don't know about you. Yeah. Well, the floor well, is yours. Yeah. No, it's 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 just kind of an interesting thing. The first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> when I was like six years old. Okay. 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 The funny thing was, I was in first grade, of course. Okay. Yeah. And we were doing a play in front of the classroom. Okay. Obviously, all the kids had all the kids had their scripts they were reading from. The interesting thing was, I don't know what this is, what this says about me, <clears throat> but I began to read everybody else's part too. Okay, oh. my part, and then I was beginning to read other people's parts. And then, of course, the teacher said to me in polite words, "He said, Larry, shut up. <laughs> read your own darn part." Oh my! And I, think I, I think I broke down in tears. You know, oh, it's, it's like, <laughs> brutal. So you actually started reading their parts out loud in the class. Well, yeah. What's the oh problem? My. Anyway, it's just, it's one of those things that you remember, like, why did this happen? But it's like, <laughs> I guess the actor in me, it w w was, was coming out there. Yeah. Like, this is fun. And yet sensitive me It's like, even when I'm being told to be quiet, you know, when you're a six-year-old, you cry, you know? <laughs> whatever. So I don't remember the exact situation, but I, but, but I do believe that happened. Oh so, my, but, it went from pretty much stealing the show to an utter disaster. <laughs> yeah. When you're six years old, you get away with a lot. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. Oh, that's funny. It's funny that you still remember that too, that moment. Yeah. yeah I think a lot of us remember a lot of stuff growing up and that's, that's yeah. one of the memories. Yeah. So. Nice. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Uh, <laughs> Unique fun fact there. Now we are approaching the end of the show, and I have to ask you before we wrap: yeah. Is there anything you'd yeah. like to plug? Websites, Twitter, you know, Facebook accounts. How can people stay up to date with what you're doing? Well, right now the show that Jessica and I are doing, "What in the World," we're pushing that as much as we can. We've been doing a lot of promos, and so we would like that to succeed as much as it can. So uh, that's the one thing I'd like to um, to push and uh, just encourage people to just to get out there and do stuff. I mean, my friends are telling me, Larry, you have to do this, this, and this. And I'm thinking, you know, you can only do so much, but never say you can't do something. Yeah. And never say you cannot do something because right. a lot of times you can. So, yeah. Yes. But anyway, yeah. please follow what in the world. That's the one plug I have. <laughs> Good stuff. How can people reach you on Twitter though? You're a social media guy, you know, it's yeah. how you connected. I how can people Larry Altmeyer with my headshot is my personal Twitter handle. I think Jessica may be hit, trying to handle the actual what in the world Twitter page. We do we do have that on Twitter and Instagram. She's trying to handle that, but yeah. you know, I am on Facebook. My personal page is the one I monitor. And um, so, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I have all those. I'm trying to keep up with them. Fantastic. Yeah. Good stuff. Just look for the uh, Clint Eastwood lookalike there and you will know <laughs> right. you're on the, uh, the right account there. Yeah. Before we wrap this, thank you so much. Yo, th thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is is my pleasure. But I'm going to keep you one more second here and ask you one sure. last question. Is there any advice that you would like to share with anyone that might be listening to this broadcast who maybe they don't have the resources or maybe they don't have the confidence or maybe they're back in New York right now wondering how in the world can I get out there or maybe they're working in the corporate side of some crazy company or job that they just are droning it there and ready to yeah. leave and back in Washington. Is there any advice you'd give that person? If you can just do it, because I didn't start out with anything, but I don't care. It's like you just do it. I mean, you don't ask for permission to do anything. Fortunately, if you have like a thousand or two thousand dollars, whatever, chances are you can finance what you're trying to do. Chances are SAG is putting in new rules that are pains in the neck with production insurance, whatever. Yeah. But with Robert's help, like I was able to get a, probably a good deal on production insurance for what in the world. So just get out there and do it and don't ask for permission. Oh, salute to that. That's one of the things that Mark says. I mean, don't wait for anybody's permission. Just do what you can do. Yeah. yeah I think that's excellent advice. That's the only way to move forward. It really is sometimes. So uh, that's excellent advice. And again, sir, I want to thank you so much for coming on yeah. the program tonight and sharing your story with our listeners. I certainly want to bring you back in the future for an update because obviously <laughs> you've got some really cool stuff going on and I can hear your passion and your voice and that's uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> it, it is my pleasure. And 
I think it's time to fade out here. What do you think? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Larry Altmeyer. My God. Make sure you check him out. Follow him on Twitter. Check out this wonderful web series that he's involved in. And I'm sure there will be plenty of others. On that note, we will be back with more after this break. You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show. I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight and hopefully you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time. If you're listening to the show, please subscribe. Just press that subscribe button in iTunes or if you're using that podcast app, subscribe to us. We would greatly appreciate that. Also, please spread the word about this show. Show someone the uh, Twitter account we've got there, Cinema After Dark, or show them our website at cinemaafterdark.com. Again, thank you all for tuning in tonight. You can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and on TuneIn, so you can listen to us one of many ways. Again, thanks for listening to this show. We'll be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the show here tonight. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Mr. Larry Altmeyer. What a great discussion that was. Make sure you check out what he's got going on. Most importantly, I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight and again wish you a great start for 2017. Remember, a show is not a show without you, the listener, so please spread the word about this show and thanks again for listening to the Cinema 